Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. With all due respect to Curtis Hill, if your quote is, I've proven I can take a licking, you haven't spent enough time thinking about what your comeback looks like. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm not saying that he couldn't end up being the nominee in the second district to replace Representative Walorski, the late representative who was killed in that car accident. Four people killed. I've proven I can take a licking. If there's one thing I've proven over the years is I can take a licking. Holy crap. What a terrible sentence. I'm sorry, am I the only person who came to this conclusion? You're accused of a lot of levels of sexual impropriety, and that's your statement? Tony, your head's in the gutter. No, it's a ridiculous statement. A, for for a visual, and B, that's not what you've proven. Sir, what, what, why, why would you think that this is what you've proven? What the hell? His statement... And you can read it at WIBC.com. Of course, you had four women accusing him of, uh, of groping, of sexual impropriety. He had his law license suspended for a month over the accusations while he was attorney general. He then didn't get the nomination to run uh, the Republican Party because it goes on a slate. Went with uh, former Congressman Todd Rakita, the current attorney general. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Always a pleasure to be with you. His statement is... I'm sure someone is going to bring up all sorts of old business, but that's old news. Folks in this district need someone who is a fighter, who can take the heat. If there's one thing I've proven over the years is I can take a licking. Holy crap. I'm going to give you, sir, uh, uh, Attorney General Hill, I'm going to give you... Um, I'm going to give you the, the advice that I gave to, uh, Jim Merritt, former state rep, uh, was he a state senator? Uh, he ran for mayor against Joe Hogsett and then proceeded to get his butt kicked four ways from Sunday. When you talk about putting a toll road on Binford, you're going to get your butt kicked. He was in studio. I was in studio. And I told him that he should take his staff, whoever's been advising him, he should take his staff to the roof of the Emmis building that we were in and throw them off the roof. And he had one or two staffers there who laughed. And I looked at them. I said, I'm not kidding. This is the worst run campaign I have ever seen. Attorney General Hill, find whoever told you to make that statement Find a rooftop and send them flying figuratively. Are you insane? You didn't know how bad that sounds. Can I break this down just for a half a second? Just a half a second. I'm sure someone is going to bring up all sorts of old business, but that's old news. It was four years ago. It was four years ago. That's old news. Can we, can we just start with the what the hell of that statement? That's old news? It is not old news. 
You lost your law license for a month. You didn't get to be attorney general again because of it. And if it wasn't for the fact that a member of Congress was killed in a car accident, you'd still be sitting on the sidelines. Old news. I'm sorry. I am just struck. I am stunned by that statement. That after all of these years, that's the very best you could come up with. <laughs> that's going to be how you do it. I'm, I'm, I'm literally apoplectic about it. I, I walking into this and taking a look at, at the candidates who, who who are there, and I think Christy Stutzman is, is going to get a long look from Republicans because Republicans are going to make the call, and Republicans are trying to do two things: who is the person that will fill Representative Walorski's seat through the end of the term, which ends January third, twenty twenty three, and then who will be the person who then becomes the member of Congress from January third, twenty twenty three through twenty twenty five. Two things are happening here. Christy Stutzman might be one of those people. And then there's Representative State Representative Kurt Nicely. I don't think he has any opportunity. After all, he just got defeated in that district as they redistricted, and he had to go up against another member uh, of the state uh, state house, and he got defeated there. Uh, then you have a, a lawyer who's, uh, I'm sure, a nice dude. I don't know anything about him. I just don't think there's enough juice there. Then you have Rudy Yakum, who is one of Walorski's finance guys, who got endorsed by Walorski's widower. That's going to have a huge amount of play to it. Then you have Curtis Hill. I don't believe that the Republican Party views Curtis Hill in an overwhelmingly negative light. I think some people think he got railroaded. Some people think that he got screwed. Some people think that you got you got to give the guy a, a, another chance. There's, I think there's a lot of feelings there. So I didn't discount him. I said, based on the endorsement, I would assume it'll be Rudy Yakum. I also see a place for Christy Stutzman. I always liked uh, her husband, uh, the former uh, Congressman Marlon Stutzman. Always liked the dude. I, I wasn't around Indiana long enough to really know his record and where he was on some votes. In, my, in conversations with me, I thought he was always at least earnest. And, and um, if, if I saw him on the street, I would stop to talk to him. I, I don't know Christy really at, at all, but I could see that happening. After this statement, after this statement, I can more than see it. I'm sure someone is going to bring up all sorts of old business, but that's old news. Folks in this district need someone who is a fighter who could take the heat. If there is one thing I've proven over the years is I can take a licking. You haven't proven that. You haven't proven that. And by the way, I thought he was a good attorney general. I thought he was a fine attorney general. I had him on the show. This is the best you got? This is the best you've got? Wow. That is stunning. The only person who is more absolutely out of their head on a statement than, than uh, Curtis Hill is Liz Cheney, who just lost her primary in Wyoming by over 20 points. Tonight, you're now headed to political oblivion. You said this fight is just beginning. You've even uh, launched a political organization already. So let's just be straight about it. Are you considering running for president yourself? 
Well, what I'm going to do, Savannah, is spend the next several months uh, completing my work in Congress, obviously completing my work representing the people of Wyoming. Uh, we have a tremendous amount of work left to do on the January 6th committee. Uh, and also, though, uh, I'm going to be making sure that people all around this country understand the stakes of what we're facing, understand the extent to which uh, we've now got uh, one major political party, my party, uh, which has really become uh, a cult of personality. And we've got to get this party back to a place where we're embracing the values and the principles on which it was founded, uh, and, and talking about you know fundamental uh, issues of civics, fundamental issues of what does it mean to be a constitutional republic. But Congresswoman, you didn't answer me yes or no. Takes yeah, to I know keep that Donald you... Trump. I will be doing whatever it takes to keep Donald Trump out of the Oval Office. Well, I know you didn't say yes or no, and that's fine if you're thinking about it. But are you thinking about it? Are you thinking about running for president? It, uh, that's a decision that I'm going to make in the in the coming months, Savannah. I'm not going to make any announcements here this morning, but uh, but it is something that I uh, I'm thinking about, and I'll make a decision uh, in the coming month. The only person saying something sillier than Curtis Hill, except for her, of course, you run for president. Whoa, 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 whoa! I didn't say I was voting for her. Of course, you run. Why not? If indeed it is what the political right is referring to it as, which is political oblivion, well then, why why not? Why not continue? Why not go down the road? Why not see if you can get any attention? You'll have Jeb Bush at, at, at your uh, campaign events. Oh, oh gosh, it's going to be... It's going to be spectacular, I tell you. The high energy that you're going to have from Jeb, as you know, he comes with his uh, his his own uh, uh, exclamation point there, right? He comes with his own exclamation points. That that's got to be that that's, that's got to be exciting for everybody. How could it not be exciting? Yeah, I think it's going to be thrilling and spectacular when there's Liz Cheney and then and then she's going to have uh, John Kasich and Jeb Bush. I will be a commander in chief that will have the back of the military. I won't trash talk. I won't be a divider in chief or an agitator in chief. I won't be out there blowharding, talking a big, big game without backing it up. I think the next president needs to be a lot quieter but send a signal that we're prepared to act in the national security interests of this country to get back in the business of creating a more peaceful world. Please clap. I'm sold. It's going to be a dream, people. Holy cow. Liz Cheney doesn't understand why she even lost. Liz Cheney doesn't understand that when you say I have to get back to the work, the important work of the January 6th committee, uh, that's why you lost. The important work is that of the people of Wyoming. You could have had much to say about Trump and still kept your position and still be a member of Congress today. I mean, she will be for the next couple months, but you know what I'm saying? You chose not to. You chose to 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 buy in with a crowd uh, that, well, hates you and hates Trump, is so obsessed about 
Trump, 24-7 Trump. You want to talk about cult of personality. I agree with you. Cult of personality is bad. I am not into idol worship. I want to vote for policies, not for people. I want to vote for people who will institute policies, who will back up policies, who will support policies that provide us value. That's what I'm looking for. But the cult of personality is the progressive left that cannot get off Trump. They can't figure out that he doesn't want to date them. But they desperately want to date him. This is the party of stalkers at this stage of the game. The people of Wyoming need inflation to go down so they can afford food at a supermarket. That's what they need. They need gas prices to continue to go down. They need energy security. They want to know that the border is safe and that towns that are being overrun, whether it's homelessness or drugs, whatever the case may be, can actually be cleaned up because you have support of prosecutors who believe in actually prosecuting crimes. What the hell? She does, she, she cannot, she cannot see the forest for the trees. She can't figure it out. And she's going to, is she going to wonder why she lost? Blame it on, well, you see, you see, the problem is, is that the Republicans in Wyoming, they're, they're all about the cult of personality. No, the cult is you. You couldn't figure out how to talk about the problems and the things you disagree with without going for outright destruction. But I don't think there's anything wrong with running for president. Go ahead. See if you can get a constituency. You want to run to keep somebody else from being president? I think that's totally fine. I've said those words before. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. At all. I don't know who your constituency is. Jeb and Joe Walsh? Maybe. Maybe. Maybe it's Jeb and Joe Walsh. That could very well be exactly who it is, the former congressman from Chicago. I actually did a panel with him once. He was a nice enough dude. He is, um, uh, he, he was. We, we did this panel. I forget where we even were. Um, you want to be never Trump? Knock yourself out. It's not a conservative principle, but sure, go live your life. Go live your life. Not a conservative principle. We should be clear. But then you're going to quit the party. You're going to start your own party. You're going to run for president against it. You just, you just sound like a silly person. You sound like a nudnik. By the way, ask me the last time I used the word nudnik. I was talking to my father today. We were talking about my mother. My mother would use the word nudnik. That'd be, that'd be a, a, a Diane kind of word right there. Good Lord. Goodness gracious so here's where we're at here's where we're at curtis hill best of luck and liz cheney best of luck they both hit it wrong keep it here i'm tony katz ezra miller seeking treatment for complex mental health issues that is correct who's ezra miller Ezra Miller is the Flash. No, no, no. Not uh, not Grant Gustin, who should always be the Flash. This is the guy from the movie version, as opposed uh, to the to the TV uh, version. And Ezra Miller decided that he was, I don't know, a they or, you know, decided to play in that whole road, was engaged in uh, acts of violence and, and in madness against other people, total uh, collapse. 
and has created so many problems that the that Warner Brothers is questioning whether or not you keep him. And, and if so, um, do you release uh, the, 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 the movie? Do you release it? Right? You had issues um, with uh, directors on the film. Right? You, you, you couldn't keep a director. You had the casting issue uh, uh, of Miller as Barry Allen. And, he, and look, to, to the extent that he was fine in Batman versus Superman, um, you know, with, with the cameo, Batman versus Superman was just an absolutely horrific movie. Oh, my God, was that crap. Batman versus Superman owes me an apology. And then Justice League, you could argue he was fine in Justice League. Not better than Grant Gustin would have been. Grant Gustin is fantastic as The Flash. That whole cast from the WB show, it's campy. Of course it's campy. That's what, that's what they do. Actually, CW, I called it WB, the CW show. Of course it's campy. They do it great. They do it great. It is fun to watch. Even, uh, what should we call it, Legends? That show's ridiculous. Even that show's fun to watch. It's just fun. Um, but Miller has, been, has gone down this road of just absolute implosion. We said on the show a little more than a month ago, man, I hope he has some friends. And now uh, he's uh, uh, seeking uh, some, some, some help. Good. Because the guy needs it. Let's start with the idea that he refers to himself as they. You don't need that in your life. You don't need that in your life. One man's take. But that's just part of, I think, the greater thing. It, it, to watch a, a, an actor who, all right, admittedly, you might not know uh, who, who he is. It's fine. But to watch anyone just fall apart, just, just you know, just watching them self-destruct, I think we've seen that enough to realize that it's not something worth watching. I think the story of watching uh, Britney Spears self-destruct is much more a story about us. What did we do as a society to say, wait a second, that's not funny. Shaving her head and beating up a car with a, an umbrella? That's a problem. Hey, guys, who are her friends? So that's my take on, on Ezra. I hope he gets the help he needs. But if you have to, Grant Gustin is the Flash. Remake the whole movie. I'll go watch. I'm Tony Katz. I've had a principle for 60 years. I wrote about it in my new book, The Price of Principle. And that is if there's a dispute and one side wants the truth to come out and the other side says, no, we don't want the truth to come out, always believe the person who wants the truth to come out. That's the person who's telling the truth. And so the Trump people want the affidavit to be released. The Justice Department doesn't. The question is, will the affidavit be released? Is the DOJ really willing to give up on the idea that the affidavit going public won't simply thwart, if not end, uh, their investigation and possible indictments, as Rich Lowry of National Review was discussing? Of President Trump indicted on what? This I don't know. Should he be? It doesn't seem clear to me. 
We have questions going back to the Warrens itself and how broad it is. The voice you heard is that of Alan Dershowitz. Me, I'm Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Alan Dershowitz joins us right now. His latest book, The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences, that is available at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are sold. A number one bestseller right now in media and the law over at Amazon. I, I want to get into the to the affidavit with you, sir, but I want to start with a conversation I've been having, uh, we've been having here regarding the Fourth Amendment. When the Fourth Amendment states that you should not only address the place to be searched, but the items to be seized, and you see a warrant uh, that looks as incredibly broad as it does to an outsider, to a non-legal mind, and engages the idea of fruits of crime, in your view, was the warrant too broad, and is there a case to be brought that maybe it should never have been uh, offered up or allowed? I think it was too broad. I think there were two cases to be offered up, one based on the face of the warrant itself, which doesn't seem to comply with the specificity requirements of the Fourth Amendment, and second, whether or not the affidavit really justified it. I'll give you an example. They went into a safe. Now, to go into a safe, you need a special warrant. You can't just say, I want to go into a safe. A safe is a place of great privacy. And so the affidavit would have to say with specificity what was in that safe. They can't just say, we want to go into a safe because there's a safe in the office. And, of course, following Geraldo Rivera and the uh, uh, infamous uh, uh, Al Capone <laughs> fiasco, um, the, uh, there was nothing in the safe. So we have a right to know whether or not the affidavit specified what they expected to find in the safe. Now, we are not sure that we're going to see this affidavit. We have a judge that's going to be... We're going to see uh, this affidavit. You believe we will? Absolutely. The question is when, and the question is how much. Uh, There's no way in the United States of America that a document as important as this gets suppressed. Um, the, The way the judge ought to handle it is this. He ought to say, look... The presumption in America is in favor of transparency. So I'm releasing the entire affidavit unless the government can show me, and they have the burden of proof, that specific names, specific acts, specific events are necessary to keep secret for protecting of witnesses, for keeping the investigation going. But the presumption should be that everything comes out. I'll give you an example. I was one of the lawyers in the Pentagon Papers case. Remember that case? Long, long time ago. Touch before my time, but I'm a guy who reads, so I'm good. Yeah, okay. Pentagon Papers case. The Solicitor General of the United States, the former dean of the Harvard Law School, a friend of mine, uh, got up in front of the Supreme Court and said, if you allow the Pentagon Papers to go down, go out, there are such secrets that the United States government will never survive, essentially. And, of course, the court ruled that the Pentagon Papers could come out. They came out. Nothing happened. Everything it just wasn't true. I don't think the Solicitor General lied. I think he was just told by the security people, you've got to keep it secret. The government always wants to keep things secret, and the media and the First Amendment want things to be made public. And I think in America, you have to err on the side of making things public. 
talking to Alan Dershowitz, New York Times bestselling author and lawyer. Of course, as you know, the latest book, The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. On this subject, one of the things that has been discussed is the emails of Hillary Clinton. You were on with, with our friend Leland Vittert on News Nation yeah. just the other day having uh, this conversation, and your exact quote is, I think what we're seeing here is a misapplication of the principles of equality. Two wrongs don't make a right, but if you have two wrongs and they're treated differently, that's a third wrong. So in right. your conversation, not only with Leland, but this comes from a Wall Street Journal uh, op-ed that, that you wrote, what is it about Hillary's emails, the server, the secret server that she had in the bathroom, that parallels to this Trump investigation, I guess we'll call it an investigation, as you see it? Well, in both cases, there was mishandling of classified material. The head of the FBI got out and made a statement, Comey, saying that it was wrong, but that uh, uh, it would not be prosecuted because she was merely negligent. Uh, that seems to be what's going on with Trump, too. Nobody is really saying maybe they will, but nobody is saying at the moment that he did what Sandy Berger did, that he deliberately slipped things into his sock and his underwear. Um, you know, it, when you leave the White House, especially under these circumstances on 2000, January 20th, 2021, when you still say you're president, and you're fighting like hell to promote that, in my view, falsehood, that you're still president, you're going to be pretty busy. And he didn't pack the boxes, and he didn't put them down. And so I think the worst-case scenario will be negligence. And if negligence wasn't enough to prosecute Hillary Clinton, the burden of proof, again, is on the government or on, Car on, on Garland to explain the difference, why a search warrant a broad search warrant in this case. Why a search of his wife's um, closet? Why the safe? Uh, when in the Burger case and in the Clinton case, the searches were narrower. The the uh, application of law was narrower. And so, you know, this this the argument I wrote in the Wall Street Journal is, you know, about what aboutism. You know, always when people complain about somebody being prosecuted, they say, yeah, but so and so wasn't prosecuted. And that's become known as the what about, what about Clinton? What about Berger argument? It's a good argument in a democracy because you want equal protection of the law. Even Garland said even handedness is the essence of the Justice Department. And so what about Clinton? What about Berger? Those are good questions. When you talk about the whataboutism and you talk about uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland talking about the equality conversation, uh, are you left to wonder why he is okay with this warrant. He made sure to go out of his way to talk about personally overseeing and personally approving right. the warrant. You think he personally approved this warrant and how much do you think he regrets it? Well, I think he personally approved it. I doubt that he regrets it. He may. Uh, I think he opened up an enormous can of worms and he better be able to support it. Uh, that's why it's so important to get the affidavit out there to see whether the affidavit actually supports it. I don't see the case for a search warrant. They had a subpoena out. They were negotiating about the subpoena. If they weren't satisfied with the negotiations, just go to court and you enforce the subpoena. The judge orders the president to produce the 12 boxes by tomorrow morning. And then he goes through them and sees what's privileged, what's not privileged. That's the way it should have been done. That's the way it's usually done. And I'm afraid about a double standard. When you think about how People like Manafort and Peter Navarro and, and others were arrested and handled. It's not the way people generally are treated 
in white-collar crimes. When my clients are indicted, I'll get a phone call from the Justice Department saying, your client's been indicted. Would you bring him in tomorrow for arraignment? And I say, no, I'm a little busy tomorrow. All right, we'll do it the next day or the day after, and we'll put him on bail, and we'll have a trial. He's presumed innocent. That's the way it normally works. You don't go to airports and shackle somebody in front of their family. Talking to Alan Dershowitz, the book, The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences. You can get that at Amazon.com, wherever fine books are, are, are sold. This this idea of, of principle is something that we discuss here. I, I discuss on the show, but I've been discussing it a little bit differently, and I've been discussing the total lack of faith in the institutions. It is difficult yeah. to have faith in the FBI when you go from the Russia, Russia, Russia story to this. It's very difficult to have faith in the CDC when it seems rather obvious that their moves were not science moves, but were political moves. And when you see the, the, the lengths to which uh, groups like the American Federation of Teachers had in in changing policy or moving policy or writing policy regarding the DOJ. The principal conversation matters. And the argument I make is that it's not us so much that has changed. It's that the institutions have failed us. So there's a question of how do they build back the trust? But maybe the first question is, what are the principles that need to be reinstituted? What do you believe uh, that that's that's missing? And what exactly should be the price? Well, in, in my book, I set out a series of principles that have dominated my life, free speech for everyone, due process for everyone, equality for everyone, and, and courage. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you a story that stimulated me to write the book. I was sitting next to, this is a name-dropping story, sitting next to Caroline Kennedy, the daughter of President Kennedy, the man who wrote the book Profiles of Courage. And she, <laughs> she comes up to me and she says, if I knew you had been invited to this dinner party, I wouldn't have come. Um, essentially saying, I will never come to a dinner party that you've been invited to. And that lack of principle, that idea that you won't be in the same room with somebody who defended the president of the United States on the Senate by an ambassador, a woman who's now the ambassador to Australia and who has to talk to the head of China and the head of North Korea, but she can't be in the same room with somebody who she disagrees with over whether or not President um, uh, Trump should have been impeached. It's not even the disagreement about whether he should be impeached. Should he get a defense attorney defending him against what I believe was an unconstitutional impeachment? Now, I don't care about parties and dinner parties, but, you know, the library in my town of Chilmark, where I live every summer, 53 years, they have refused to allow me to speak. Every year they invited me to speak to overthrow crowds, and they have refused to carry my books until until I pressure them and threaten to sue them. But once I defend the President Trump, they stopped getting my books. That's the kind of McCarthyism that was seen from the hard left. And it's inexcusable. And it's just reminiscent of original McCarthyism, which I grew up with. I knew it. I saw it with my own eyes. It's uh, Noah Rothman over at Commentary Magazine who has a, a book out about the New Puritans. And, and, and what you see from the, the left is, is this almost religious or religiosity, uh, this, this cult-like obsession with putting their politics into everything. And anything that doesn't have their politics must therefore be wrong. And you have to carry this with you. So when, when you talk about principle and you talk about Caroline Kennedy, I mean, uh, it's a very telling story. The story is about what the, the burden she has to carry with her to know of every wrong that everybody has done as opposed to disagreeing with somebody and, but still recognizing that even the president of the United States, Donald Trump at the time, gets representation. 
Well, and, you know, look, her father was not without sin. Uh, John Kennedy's private life uh, was one of the most scandalous in the history of America. Um, and uh, obviously, she supports him. Uh, there are no perfect people. Abraham Lincoln uh, had some racist uh, tendencies. Thomas Jefferson had had slaves. Uh, but, you know, the idea that you would have no social contact with somebody because they defended the president and the floor of the Senate, that could only happen on the hard left today. And you're right. I think it's in many ways worse than the new Puritanism because Puritans at least tolerated some dissent. Now, obviously, they, they, they hung witches but, uh, and did some terrible, terrible things. But they did it because they believed it was commanded by God. The left doesn't do that. They think it's commanded by political correctness. Well, just because you call it something different doesn't mean that they aren't engaged in their own level of of, of idol worship. Before I let you yeah. go, sir, Alan Dershowitz, uh, telling Newsmax arresting Trump won't keep him out of the 2024 race. You're doing a little prognosticating here? Yes, I, I am. Um, I think it's very possible he may get indicted. If it's in the District of Columbia, he will probably be convicted. and It'll probably be reversed on appeal. But uh, at the time he announces for president, he may well be under indictment or even convicted. But that won't stop him and shouldn't stop him from running for president. To run for president, you need to satisfy only three, four criteria, which he satisfied. Over 35, one in America, didn't fight in the Civil War against the Union and wasn't convicted on impeachment with the rider that he can't ever run for office again. So Congress can't add to that and can't. You can't make up rules about who can run for president. He can run for president if he were in jail wearing a striped uniform. He could still run for president. Mayor Curley ran for mayor of uh, Boston while in prison. Uh, If that's not going to happen. But uh, the efforts to try to get him disqualified. Look, I want to make sure he's not disqualified because I have the right to vote against him for the third time. I'm not a Trump supporter. I'm a liberal Democrat. I just put my commitment to the Constitution, my principled commitment to the Constitution, over any partisanship. And that's why I wrote the book, The Price of Principle, and it's a heavy price. Mostly my family has been paying for it. They have canceled my wife, who didn't even support my defending of President Trump, my children, my grandchildren. All my relatives have been uh, canceled. It just is the same old McCarthyism, this time from the left. While you're prognosticating, uh, 10 seconds or less, or, or, or less, will we see an indictment of President Trump from Merrick Garland? I don't, I don't think so. I think Garland is too smart. Unless there's a smoking gun, unless there's Nixon-type crimes, I don't think it's going to happen based on a mishandling of classified information. He is the pride of Brooklyn College, everybody. Alan Dershowitz, remember, B is for the B in Brooklyn College. The book, The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences, that is actually the school song. It's quite incredible. My father went to Brooklyn College. Alan Dershowitz, The Price of Principle, Why Integrity is Worth the Consequences, always a pleasure, sir. I appreciate you being with us. Hope we get to do it again. Alan Dershowitz, thank you. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. You know, I'm not usually a man who engages a conversation of this level of mundane. But the weather's been so awesome, I don't even know what to do. It has been such brilliant cigar weather, I don't know how else I'm supposed to do anything. I I can't even believe I'm in studio right now. I should be doing this show outside. I am a schmuck. 
insane. Low humidity, sunshine. You're you're at the low 80s at the high end. You're you're hitting the middle 60s on the low end. And there's this little breeze going on and birds are singing. And I don't know, people are looking thin. It's just a joy. It's just a joy. Because, I mean, I I don't believe this summer was as brutal as other summers. I, I, I don't. But holy McMackerel. Let me let me say uh, for the record that when it was humid, it was disgusting. This is better. This is really, really good. I think I don't think that we see a um, anything like rain until till the weekend or maybe after. So uh, I'm telling you, uh, go enjoy, go enjoy and do and be outside. You know what? Eat outside. You know, bring a drink out there. Throw the ball with your kids. Something. Something. And go enjoy this. This is nuts. As a matter of fact, I'm going to go enjoy this as we speak. Right now. I'm done. Find everything at TonyCats.com. My thanks to uh, Alan Dershowitz. My thanks to you. I'm glad you guys are here. It's appreciated. You have no idea. I'm Tony Katz. Tomorrow, everyone. Take care.